If you have ever thought about starting a podcast or maybe you have a podcast that you're just kind of like dabbling with, but you do know that you want it to be a bigger part of your brand and your online presence, this episode is going to be really powerful for you. We're going to be talking a little bit more markety things than typical. This is going to be kind of in the category of how to ignite your strategy. And we're sitting down with an absolute expert at what it looks like to bring storytelling and your expertise out into a podcast in a way that's actually going to help to build your business, to be like a leg of a stool that's holding up your business instead of just becoming a time suck. We're going to learn about software. We're going to learn about artificial intelligence, but it's done in a beautiful way that is not intimidating. This interview episode was so fun to have. And just so you know, Deidre, at the time when I interviewed her, was in a beta version of this particular software that she is a co-founder of. And I invited her to speak about it because it's so fascinating. I know that it's actually like full launched out there. So if what she shares towards the end is of interest, it's something you can actually step into and explore. So if you're a podcaster or an aspiring podcaster, enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 43. If you haven't noticed, it's been a hot second actually since my birthday back in July from when there was a regularly dropped new episode of Your Routine Queen podcast. I hope you've been binge listening to some past episodes. Actually, since my birthday, we've had another 500 listens of the podcast. So even though I haven't been putting out new stuff, it seems like some of you have been going back into the archives and grabbing some really great episode experiences. And in about later this month, I would say, I'm going to be coming on and talking about the new and improved, like the revisioning of what the podcast will be going forward. You're going to see some changes to topics and changes to how I lay things out, but I'm really excited nonetheless. But before I jump into kind of new approach, we're going to finish out this season with some beautiful, beautiful episodes. And this very first episode coming out to you is with Corby Mitlead, and it's just a gem if you are someone who needs to hear from someone who's like further along in the process of growing a business around her gifts. This is going to be really inspiring for you. If you are someone who's ever toyed around with being a guest on podcasts as a way to grow your own experience and expertise, this is going to be great for you. So without further ado, we're going to hop into it. This is going to be such a fun episode because it is an interview episode and I'm bringing someone on who might help to ignite your strategy as you're thinking about either birthing or expanding your online business for purpose and profit, we often get to a point where we're saying, how do I get more eyeballs on my offer? How do I start to expand my audience of people who actually want what I have? And maybe you've spent some time going through the podcast or working with me on your signature transformation or how to start calling in sole clients. And you might be at that place of saying, I am running a podcast and I don't know if it's actually doing anything for my business or you're one of like so many people saying, I think podcasting is for me. That would be a great platform. But how do I start to like piece this together and make sure that people are going to find it? And so I am bringing on Deidre Xian, and she is the co-founder and CEO of CapShow, which is a software that helps experts who podcast, and that would be you, <laughs> to create an AI, which means artificial intelligence generated content honey traps so they can grow their listeners. So there's some really fun buzzwords in there that of course we're going to dive into. And I just want you to think if you're listening to this and you are that sensitive soul, that introvert, that empath, I think that podcasting is an amazing platform 
for me as a toddler mom, I get to do it like after my son goes to bed or when I have not done my hair in any way, shape or form. And you're able to create content that can then be found. And Deirdre is going to really help us know how to do that and be more empowered around that process. So Deirdre, thank you so much for spending some time and coming to speak to my audience today. Thanks so much for having me on, Chelsea. I'm so, so excited about this chat. Yeah, and we, it was really lovely. We had a conversation before this interview and we were both speaking about how the fact that we have very different backgrounds, right? So I was a former lawyer and now I'm a business coach for, you know, entrepreneurs in the spiritual space. And so I would love for you to speak a little bit about your journey of becoming an entrepreneur. Like is what you used to do connected at all to what you do now? Oh my gosh, no. And even in entrepreneurship, I have to tell you, Chelsea, it it was, I... I'm going to tell you my story because you're, you're going to look back and you're going to laugh at me because nothing <laughs> I did was related to anything. <laughs> it was, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, cause oh, if I, if I I'll set some context, uh, I am, you might be able to tell from my accent. Okay. Aussie. So I um, grew up in Sydney. Okay. I could, that was my guess. <laughs> <laughs> I live in New York now, but um, yeah, grew up in Sydney. Uh, my parents were first migrants. They're from Malaysia. And if anyone knows about the whole, you know, first migrant Asian sto- stereotypical story, it was very much about, you know, my whole path was go to school, get good grades, uh, go to a good university, get a good degree, climb the corporate ladder. Or, you know, my actually my parents wanted me to become a doctor. So it was like, open a clinic and you know (laughs) like that was the path that I was meant to that I was meant to be on and you know when you're younger you don't know any better so you just you do it I just did the things um and then when I got time to actually you know put in my university preferences and what I wanted to actually study I just could not fathom the thought of studying medicine um because I actually I really actually hate science (laughs) which oh okay (laughs) problem So even at that point, I didn't, I just, I knew what I didn't want to do, but I didn't know what I did want to do. Um, So I actually ended up studying a law degree because I was like, oh, I don't know what else. And and then I went into corporate uh, and I went into an investment bank. So that was kind of my, my, my job out of, out of university. And, uh, you know, again, I think I have this knack of like trying things and knowing that finding out or realizing that I know what I don't want to do uh because like experiencing that contrast can be helpful but then it's like "Hmm, okay let's avoid (laughs) exactly so I was like you know I I hit my quarter life crisis and I was in corporate I'm like okay well I know that this is not what I want to be doing I do not want to be climbing the corporate ladder but again did I know what I wanted to do not at all like I I probably still don't really know what I want to do to be honest when I grow up yeah. Um, but yeah, so I uh, we did, so my first foray into entrepreneurship was almost by accident, like it is for a lot of people, um, mm. to be honest. Because um, my husband, my my then he was my my boyfriend at the time, but now yeah. my husband, uh, we had just moved out, and we he was he he was studying medicine. This is funny. So ironically, he was studying medicine, and he was hating it. Oh. Um, and. Oh. So we were both in these, you know, we both hit our core life crisis and we're like, we both don't know what we want to be doing, um, but we moved out and he started cooking and specifically baking and really enjoying it. And I love my desserts. You're he, like, I love this new hobby. <laughs> this, is, this is a match made in heaven. And, um, and so it was just one of those things where, again, curiosity 
like interests at that time, I think is such a great motivator, um, such a great enabler for us to just try things. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing we tried. We actually opened up our first business was a dessert bar. Oh, okay. Hospitality, yeah, so completely different. And mind you, like we, neither of us had a background in hospitality. Like we, yeah. we hadn't even worked part-time in a cafe, nothing. Like Right. And so are you still working your corporate job at that time? Or did you yeah. both kind of like jump ship to really put your heart and soul into it? Well, so he was in the business full-time. I still had to work full-time because there were a few yeah. things I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, opening a, a brick especially a brick and mortar store like how much it costs to actually yeah. fit one out yeah yeah <laughs> so sure. we were in debt you know before we even opened the doors yeah. um and so yeah so we we opened that and we struggled for months because again we were young we were naive we didn't know what we were doing uh mm-hmm. we thought that if we just built the best thing out there then people would come you know yeah. that was our market yeah. build it and they will come which does not work by the way <laughs> okay um, so yeah, so we struggled for months and months and months. Now, <clears throat> fast forward yeah. a little bit, um, we actually did end up growing that brand to five mm-hmm. five locations. Um, oh wow! Okay, in Sydney, and we also opened up a burger restaurant alongside that. So we had wow. two. So okay, yeah, we we muddled our way through it, and and we we figured some stuff out. Um, and then at the end of two thousand eighteen. Um, we found out that our store manager of our, of our city store, of our busiest store, mm-hmm. uh, had actually been stealing from us. Um, and oh. Yeah, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it took something like that um, to kind of snap snap me out. And, you know, again, if I go back to the patterns of my, you know, of how I operate, it's kind of like me looking at, is this what I want to be doing? Like, I, you know, and what I realized in that moment was that that path that we were on mm-hmm. wasn't the one that I wanted to continue being on. Wow. So um, I, and at the same time, and, you know, I've always, this, there were a few things happening in that, at that moment, I think that mm-hmm. kind of almost like coalesced into this big decision that we made. Um, yeah. so I'd also been exploring this, another business with another co-founder. It was in fashion technology. Okay. And I've always wanted to live and work overseas. So anyway, all these things were happening. Mm. And that led to me just being like, you know what? Let's just move to New York. Wow. And you have a very flexible husband and partner. (laughs) He was, he's so, he's so supportive and so just like, yeah, let's, he's always up for anything. Um, So we spend the next six months just like systemizing everything in the business, um, so, because we still had the stores running. Oh, and, I see. I see. Yeah, and um, so mid two thousand nineteen, we made the move over to New York, and uh, fortunately for me, fortunately for me, because uh, I was talking to my my co founder Bonner, and she and you know I was just like we were like we can make this work, etc. She was super supportive of of the mm-hmm. move, and then in the end, I was just like, do you just want to come as well? And so oh. I got to come to New York with like. Two of my best friends. That's uh, amazing. My cat. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, Deirdre, do you happen to know your human design profile? Um, Is that on your radar? I, it was, I did do, I did take the test and I feel yeah. like it was, what were they again? What were the um, main? It could be generator, projector, manifesting generator, manifester, think... reflector. 
I think I'm a generator. Yeah, it wouldn't be. I was just like, you and I are so similar as you're sharing this. And I part I partnered with a projector who's like, your ideas are great. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's amazing. So now, so you move with your partner and business partner and husband. And so you're establishing in New York. And what's yes. your vision of what, what's going to be different in New York? Yeah. So we were working on this fashion technology idea, which yeah. also was like, what better place than New York, right? Fashion yeah, sure. Technology. Sure. Uh, and so we had this hypothesis that our users, our customers were going to be either college students or Wall Street, or like young professionals. So we went to like Columbia Uni, NYU, Wall Street. We just started talking to women. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that for a couple of months just to actually validate whether we were onto something or not. And okay. what we realized at the end of that was that while there was a problem there that we were solving for, the problem wasn't big enough for people to actually change their habits quickly. Uh, huh, so yeah. we would have needed a long, long runway I to see. work. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we had only really, we really only had given ourselves twelve months to make something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So some really big lessons of what you know, kind of looking at the minimum viable product theory of yeah. like, is is this something that we should be taking to market? Exactly. Exactly. So we decided to fail that idea. Okay. Um, and then we were like. Now what? What do we do now? Yeah, uh, I ran into uh, an an old acquaintance of mine who is actually also from Australia, and he was opening up a cho- like chocolate retail businesses here in New York, and mm-hmm. he wanted to start expanding online. So he was like, "Look, I know what you guys um, are about and what you can do yeah. to help you know lead that." So we actually kind of fell into hmm. agency work, um, and we started working because at the same time as well, we were talking to a lot of the brands and boutiques for the. Yeah fashion technology so oh yeah so you're like we have these connections do they come together for something else okay exactly so we we fell into this you know almost like acquisition like a yeah being essentially an e-commerce agency um so an agency for e-commerce businesses Ah. to grow help them acquire customers yeah and that then we then transitioned that because that wasn't really a business that we wanted to scale again you know pattern Mm -hmm. or I try something and I'm like "Mm, I don't think I like that (laughs) yeah yeah uh, so we transitioned into coaching. So we're coaching e-commerce businesses. And then uh, I, and then this is kind of where you, we're getting closer to Cap Show, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to pause for one second because this is so beautiful because for so many of my audience members, they're taking like knowledge or expertise or even gifts that they were born with of an intuition or being able to channel. And so birthing their business can feel like it's so tied to their soul that like, how could I possibly pivot? And so it can feel like this really big thing. What I want to point out is it's so lovely how you are really navigating, exploring and finding and, you know, doing market research and getting feedback and how you said we chose to fail that project, right? That's so cool. And there's somewhere in the gray area for a lot of my ladies of like, Yes, it might be like so tethered to your soul and your purpose of why you're here and you want to bring it online, but you can start to dance through some of this like Deirdre is because, you know, as much as I'm sure you loved your projects and, you know, each of them served its purpose and lesson, um, you've been able to dance between multiple versions of yourself and what it looks like to be an entrepreneur, which I love. Yeah, totally. And by the way, like, yeah, thanks for raising that because I remember even or even now, but definitely when I first started in entrepreneurship, yeah, we do get like I felt so personally every time we got like a slightly slightly negative feedback or negative review, yeah. it would literally be like, 
oh my god we have to fix this thing like everyone hates ah. it like I felt it felt I felt so personal, personal. yeah yeah and that that's hard like you know and it took a long long time to yeah I guess grow thick enough skin to not yeah. react that way yeah. um, but I think you know so it's combination so I know exactly how it feels like to feel so personally attached to what it is that you're building yeah but I think for me the almost like stronger part of of, of, my, of me and my being is is curiosity and I'm just yeah. like, like I'm like when I start to be curious about something I'm like oh I need to go follow yeah. that <laughs> like the investigator in you like yeah. I need to go down the rabbit hole and figure this out <laughs> yeah so that's what I, I've definitely found um through my journey but um, so anyway, so yeah, so here I was coaching e-commerce business owners and a big part of what I was teaching them was around storytelling um, because a lot of e-com can hide behind their products. Um, oh, sure. You know, a big part of how we differentiate ourselves is ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Our, our stories, all of that. Um, and so I would be coaching my clients through this and they'd be like, I get it, I get it, Deidre, but I just... I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how to tell my stories. Hmm. Um, and so that kind of started a seedling of an idea of like, okay, well, how can I best help, help them do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I am a big, you know, a process system, system, system people person as well. Yeah, sure. And so my mind immediately goes to, okay, like rather than just like teaching them, how can I actually mm-hmm. create something that could actually make this so much easier Easier. like love it yeah um and then so that that was happening um in uh, you know in the background and then in September of 2021 um I was at Funnel Hacking Live so this is Russell Brunson's live event and and on the um last day Tony Robbins spoke and he was was speaking about um patterns of focus that we we have to have in order to find happiness and fulfillment and at the time as well, like, if I'm going to be completely honest, I wasn't quite feeling that happiness or that fulfillment in what it was that we were doing. You can probably mm-hmm. tell, like, we kind of fallen into the things that we were doing. It wasn't. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was, yeah. Anyway, so. When you're good at lots of things that can happen instead of feeling like you're steering the ship, it's like, yes. oh, opportunity. Maybe I could do this. Exactly. Exactly. That yeah, was exactly yeah. what was happening. And so I was finding myself in that event being really like, gosh, I don't. I feel like I'm not quite living up to my, not potential, but my fulfillment potential, I guess, my, yeah. my happiness potential, whatever that, you know, you want to call that. And so it was just the first thing that he said that kind of, um, you know, uh, it was like a light bulb moment for me. And he was like, the, one of the patterns of focus is that when we focus on what's missing rather than what we have. And I am... Mm. Um, that is just so classic of me. I'm that classic overachiever, right? Of like, yeah. I have all these gaps in myself and I need to fill them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Instead of expanding what you're really great at or what you're grateful for. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Um, and so I think that was what was, you know, at my core, like what was burning me out, what was overwhelming yeah. me, all these things, because I was constantly chasing, right? I was constantly like, these are the things that are missing in me mm-hmm. and who I am. And, you know, and I've got to keep filling them. Um, whereas, you know, when I thought about what it is that I have, you know, for me, I'm also an introvert. Um, and I know people are like super surprised every time I say that, but I'm like yeah. massive introvert. And yet I've still been able to navigate all these things I've still been able to find successes I've still been able to do all these things which makes me 
remarkable and not just me by the way everyone is remarkable because mm-hmm. everyone has their own version of these stories the things that they yeah. do they have to push through that they've had to overcome in order to get xyz yeah and so I was like you know on one hand I'm I'm coaching I'm coaching my clients to tell their stories from a very like um almost like ROI perspective you know like mm-hmm. you've got to do this to get cut through etc and then mm-hmm. on the other hand I'm re- making this reala- realization even about myself and definitely about others about how truly remarkable our stories are and how yeah. everybody has one inside of them exactly and we should yeah. life and that's really when I was like okay I, I actually turned to Bon and Bon was sitting next to me and I'm like oh we have to do this and she's like what I, she's like I've conversation that's happening in my head <laughs> um and so that was when the first version the first iteration of cap show was born um, okay. and so that first iteration um the the very mvp version is it was designed to help entrepreneurs turn their stories into a mm-hmm. bank of captions and emails so short form oh i see yeah storytelling tool yeah and the way that worked it was really really rudimentary um very mm-hmm. rule-based but essentially we had to use it describe it as kind of a combination of mad libs and journaling so we would prompt them through some oh, questions i love that story and then the software would turn that into the actual captions and an email ah, i see okay so, well, and that's something that so many people struggle with. How long should captions be or like how to make them searchable? And so you're saying like, you have these stories inside of you. We're going to kind of walk you through an exercise so that yeah. then you feel like you've achieved, achieved the goal of creating these captions. That's really beautiful. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so we were like, so excited about this. We launched the MVP version and right at the end of last year of 2021. Um, and we had some early adopters basically mm-hmm. people in our community. Um, and then the more that we tried to talk about it and to, um, you know, essentially promote it, mm-hmm. the more that we were just not getting the type of reach or cut through that we thought that we were going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we uh, decided to hop in a call with our, with our coach because we were like, this, this should be just be a five-minute conversation. It's just, we just need to tweak our messaging. This is a messaging problem. Yeah. And <laughs> it's never a five-minute conversation when a client reaches out, P.S. <laughs> never is like I'll book an hour we'll see how that goes <laughs> yeah so you know 45 minutes later it was yeah. like we were in a world of hurt because again we broke you know it was it's kind of funny you know when I opened my first first business it was like we broke that um mark a cardinal rule of marketing number one which was build it and they will come it doesn't mm, work gotcha. this time we were like we can help all entrepreneurs. We can help everyone. Ah. And that was like, we almost broke another, like rule number two, which is, you know, when you try to speak to everyone, you end up speaking to no one. Yeah. And so our coach had to very lovingly, yet directly um, <laughs> drill that into us, bring that to light. And so we uh, went through a painful, painful exercise of niching down. Um, and the funny thing about niching is a lot of times, you know, it just comes back to who we are and who, you know, yeah. like, right. That's, that's what do you want to be known for? What do you want to take a stand yeah. for? Who are you helping? And yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, and so for me, you know, I've, I've, I built my coaching business um, when I had that off the back of podcasting. Uh, mm. And so I wanted to, I, I love podcasting as a medium. Um, yeah. And so I, it just made total sense to, and also podcasters are just natural storytellers. Like you don't have to convince them. Yeah. They just, 
they love storytelling. They know yeah. the power of it. Um, and so it just made a lot of sense to hone in on experts who podcast. Yeah. And from there, once we got over the, that, you know, messy middle bit of that, like that work, that piece of work, everything from there has just fallen into place. Um, mm. so now have- Isn't it funny how that happens once yeah. you like take a stake a claim and, you know, put out to the universe. And, and one of the terms that you're using, I want to break down for just one second. So many of my listeners struggle with calling themselves experts. Mm-hmm. And so tell us what you, because I look at someone and I'm like, you have 15 years of experience being a breathwork facilitator, or, you know, you've had this gift of being able to read intuitive energy since you were like three years old. But sometimes if, especially if it's a personal gift, they can yes. struggle with being called an expert. Do you find that people struggle with that or identify with it? Um, I, I, oh gosh, how do I answer this? Because the reason why I'm pausing is because I still yeah. struggle with it. I'm not going to lie. I do too. Yeah. Like I'm drawn to it. Like, you yeah. know, I've, I'm not a brand new coach. I've been coaching for a decade and still it's like, I know that that's what I aspire to be. And so I would be drawn to the niche and the verbiage that you've chosen. But yeah. I think there's always a small part inside all of us yes. that are like, am I an expert? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a, like, I've been, you know, I, I, I still struggle with it, but I've been working on myself because yeah. I used to be, um, I used to shy away from everything that could have like infinite in like, even in a small amount to have, you know, given me some kind of expertise. I'll give you an example. Like when I was, um, when we had the, the chocolates with the, the first business, uh, I was still in corporate for a little bit. And um, I remember being in a meeting and we had, and there were like a couple of grads um, who were in the meeting as well. They were joining, um, okay. if I could be there. And it was just like in, it was like that five minutes before everyone is kind of coming when everyone's kind of coming in uh, and uh, someone just mentioned the fact that like I yeah I owned the chalk pot and the grads like turned around they're like oh my gosh you own the chalk pot we love that like you know and and I immediately shrank from that like I physically wow, yeah. shrank from that I was like oh and they thought that they had offended me in some way because I think my face was just so like get away from me <laughs> like right right yeah, so I really struggle with like you know anything that you know brings to light any kind of expertise um and so I'm working on that yeah yeah Um, because like put up on a pedestal because it sounds like in this whole story you've been you're very humble like you have very different areas of expertise and people are inviting you in throughout your journey of finding this you know now current career and that that can be like there can be the um, you know, I don't think of ego as necessarily bad. It's often just trying to protect us, but I can see like, as I have grown and I think as you've grown like that, well, I don't want to be coming across as egotistical or pride. And so I think experts are really interesting word because it might spark that in a positive way in people who are working with you of like, wait, I am an expert. I have a story to share. And, and now you're helping them to solve a problem of like, how do you actually get it out effectively? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think what changed my, my um, thinking around expertise and what it is, is it's just you being, you don't have to be the expert of absolutely everyone, like, it, yeah. it, or to everyone. Yeah. Uh, you just have to be an expert to your people. And being an expert really is just being one step ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. If you can just to have something to teach them or show them so that they are actually they can just get to that one step ahead then that makes you an expert that in my mind anyway that's what I've yeah. been 
yeah, you know, like so, coming to terms with. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I, I've become a lot more, uh, uh, a lot more, not still completely comfortable with it, but um, yeah. 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 Oh, very cool. And so yeah. get us, kind of catch us up to speed. You have these really fun terms of what you use. So Capshow has now evolved and you're yeah. helping experts who are bringing their story out to an audience through podcasting. And you throw, and feel, I'm just going to throw some of the things that I think are the most interesting so you can weave them together. So yes. let's just say you put out a podcast and you speak about having content honey traps yes. and then there's these ideas about like taking the audio file and turning it into different types of captions like just talk yes. us through if someone's an expert who's podcasting what should they be thinking about and what is CapShow as this new software like helping them make easier yeah so um essentially what it comes down to is the promotion of the podcast uh, because doing you know it's relatively I, I'm not going to downplay it because um, it's it's not easy but it's relatively simple to yeah. record a podcast episode right um, and then we get really excited about it and we're like um, either we 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 forget to promote it because we we mm-hmm. we've thought about it or we've seen it so much that it's like yeah. or we we forget that we have to actually you know share it with yeah. the world yeah. Or, or we get so excited about it and we, you know, want to use the best bits and then that's what we promote because it's like, well, if people, you know, see how much value there is in this, then they're going to want to listen to it. Um, where the, the content honey traps came about was because I used to do both of those things, by the way. So everything I talk about, like I made those mistakes um, and I wasn't seeing listenerships grow. I, I wasn't even seeing people engage on those kind of posts on social media. Sure, um, I was, sure on my emails none of that and so I was like but the stuff is so good the content is so good how yeah. can I like I, I think I'm thinking about this the wrong way how can I think about it differently yeah um and I um again uh, you you know by now that I'm a follower of Russell Brunson um been to his live events and things like that and he always talks about curiosity right as yeah. Yeah. a big book um so it's nothing new but I think that um, in the, that moment that he, when he was talking about it, something just kind of turned on for me. And I was like, oh, okay, there's something that I'm not doing that's actually creating enough curiosity for people to want to or need to listen to my episode. And so that's where the Content Honey Traps um, mm-hmm. strategy was born. And mm. I actually came up with eight okay. mental models um, around how to actually lay these Content Honey Traps and doing them on social media, um, in my huh. promotional emails, on my episode descriptions, my show notes, all that designed to have people want to be like, I need to listen to your podcast episode. Ever since uh. I doing that, I've done that. Like I've had people literally commenting on my post being like, I can't wait to listen to this episode. And I can't, you know. Wow. Yeah. So Cause I think it is hard, you know, especially if you're a one woman show running a business, or maybe you have one virtual assistant you're like, do I pay someone to help me do this or that? And it can feel like, okay, just creating, whether you're editing or just putting out a raw podcast, like there's, it's, it is simple. You can do it right on your phone, but it can feel like, you know, I help people create routines and like the, the creation routine can feel like, okay, that was how much time I had for podcasting this week. Right. And so then to promote it and think about getting more and more listenership. I love this concept of like, if you're going to be posting it somewhere, it should be effective. <laughs> it yeah. should be like getting tantalizing so that people can't wait to get to the episode. Yes, exactly. So that's what Capture does. So essentially um, we've in we've built into the software, into the, the artificial intelligence, yeah. those content honey trap, the, the mental models 
um, that I designed so that it actually lays. So, so what it does, so what Capture does is you upload an, your audio file, your, your okay. episode, and then basically it creates um, an episode title of descriptions that have Kondatani chaps in them. It creates uh, show, show notes, which you can turn yeah. into a blog. So it's yeah. searchable. And again, content honey charts, social media posts, and promotional emails. Again, wow, wow. So this is like a virtual assistant that, and so I mean, artificial intelligence can be an overwhelming term to people if they're not in the software. So this is really about it's kind of taking what the audio file is, transcribing it, or or working with it, and then kind of pulling out the most attractive pieces. And I'm guessing also layering in some like search engine optimization so that people are more likely to find it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's not just pulling out the, the piece. I mean, it does do a little bit of yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I probably just butchered. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it actually, because I guess the thing about artificial intelligence is yeah. that, you know, believe it or not, it has, um, obviously it doesn't have human intelligence, but it has yeah. an ability to read. And I put that in inverted commas, like read. Yeah. Yeah, sure. you know what it is that it's given and then actually sensibly you know like create something out of oh it so, I can't wait to try this so right yeah, now I'm like really waiting good. as we're recording this I'm waiting for the doors to open for the beta uh Deirdre was amazing enough to give me a spot in the beta and um I'm so excited to try it because that is you know, if you are keeping up an Instagram feed and then you want to do a weekly podcast or every other week or you're figuring out your routine of creation then it can feel like, oh, wait, either that is these things are taking people so much time mm-hmm. or I'm going to be honest about what I do. Oh, shoot. My episode's going out in 20 minutes. I've got to get a title. Oh, this is what we talked about. And it's not really that thoughtful about bringing people in. So this is going to help to solve some of those problems. Yes. That's so amazing. And so now you have this video. So this is coming out at the time we're recording it. So in June of 2022, it's going to be coming out as like a beta welcoming people in. Yes. And then what's your vision for how, how do you want to grow this? Five years from now, what do you want Capture to be doing? Oh my gosh. I can't even, you know what? I don't even know what six months from now is going to look like. Oh, that's a great honest answer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, I'm going to dominate the world, probably. Right, right. <laughs> um, no, I actually, I actually don't know. Like, I, yeah. in all honesty, I, like, I actually, um, I know that this is going to be so powerful and it's going to help so many people. So I'm really, yeah. really excited about that. Um, I think that we're going to be able to definitely expand its uses and help mm-hmm. even more. Um, you know, so at some point, I see it helping even YouTubers. Um, oh, and- yeah. Yeah. Um, I see it being able to do, be, have a lot more smarts around creatives because right now it just does the copy part of like, for example, for the post, it does the captions. Yep. Um, but I could see it even doing more around the creative side of it. Like, oh, cool. there's like so many things. Yeah. 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 I just, yeah, it's limitless. It's going to yeah. be. Yeah. Well, and what I love about introducing you to my audience is that it, you just do get to that place, especially if you've said, I'm. T- taking, you know, I'm staking a claim and I'm going to do a podcast or I'm going to be consistent three days a week on Instagram or whatever kind of routine of creation and visibility you're committing to. I feel like everything that we do can be developed into a routine or a ritual that then you can start to automate or delegate or simplify or systematize. And so you're coming in and saying, oh, podcasting, let's just take a bunch of those steps off your plate. And so I'm really excited. And if people want to, you know, give this a try, I'll definitely be reporting in over on Instagram 
and sharing how it's going for me. And maybe I'll even, you know, talk about the process in an update in a couple episodes. But um, if people want to learn more about, oh, wait, 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 I'm going to back up for a second. You are on your Routine Queen podcast. So you are an entrepreneur that others could learn from. And so let's talk for a second about routines because you're helping people with routines around creation and visibility. You're also running a business and also a human being on your own journey and health and everything. (laughs) And so let's just, is there one area of your life or your business that you have created a routine that you really feel like gives like a leg up for you? Um, Yes, I am all about, I do, I do like routine. I'm not going to lie. I reckon, okay, so a really quick one, obviously in, in my life, I think um, my morning routine is pretty down. I kind of like get up. I, I I have to move my body in some way. So I pretty much do a workout almost every morning. Yeah. It could just be a yoga session or a stretch or something, but I need Mm -hmm. to body Um, and then have it, have a shower. And then I get in this really good amount of like 32, 30 minutes to an hour before breakfast where I can just like, it's my focus time. Um, yeah, so wow. I've been writing a book, I've been like doing all these things and that's, that's oh, the time yeah. that I, I do it in and I have breakfast. So that's kind of like my morning. Uh, like, so like even if everything else goes off the rails, you've had your morning and you got something done and you feel grounded and you moved your body. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So uh, yes, that's, yeah, that's, that's a great routine that I think I've got down pat. You up well. And now let's, this is always just like a fun, it's people often are like, well, I don't really tell people this, but is there one area of your life or your business that you wish had more routine? That's maybe an energy suck or every day you're like, I should be doing this, but I don't have a system in place. Anything yeah. that you know, you want to grow into some routine? Um, I think it's like, it's similarly like, uh, so I've got the morning routine down pat, but you know, generally, as we know, the day runs away from us and it's really funny because my, my co-founder and I, every, we have put in the calendar for every Wednesday afternoon that we will at least take the time to go out, go for a walk, just enjoy the sun, enjoy company, all that. And sometimes we're like, oh, we have so much to do. We can't ignore it. Don't you? So that could that could definitely become better. Yeah. So maybe some routines around boundaries or you know like do you struggle with I can tell you're so excited about what you're doing and you see the impact this is going to have for people and like that ripple effect and I think I feel the same way that you know my mission is to help a thousand healers and light workers to actually birth their business instead of it just living in their mind or being an idea especially through my aligned to ignite program it's a 6 month container where we like bring that out. And I just get so excited about the ripple effect of like, if I help someone who's a powerful transformational healer, then be able to guide thousands of people over the years because they finally said yes. And I can see that in you of like, there are all these experts and storytellers and content being created, but people aren't hearing if it's not drawing folks in to find them. And so I can see that you see like that ripple effect or that, you know, butterfly effect, even if you will, of the impact you're going to have. And so do you have a hard time just like turning off business to be like, well, there's always one more thing to do, right? There's always 10 more things to do. Yeah. I mean, the only, the good thing is that like, I'm, I'm such a, I'm really not a night person. So there Mm -hmm. is a limit to which my brain switches off at night. Yeah, sure, sure. And it forces me to like, like I will try to read a book or something, you know, before going to bed. Um, But yeah, even I find myself, I'll sometimes wake up at 2am in the morning and because I've just had this thought of, yes. 
just like you know I can see that about you absolutely (laughs) well I know I know you're going to have so many more ideas and that capture is going to continue to evolve but only for the better and to help more people so I'm honored to be you know, early in your journey of introducing you to my audience and continuing to circulate this episode, because I know there's going to be more and more people who I work with who are getting into podcasting, and I would love for them to do it more effectively than if they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and cap show and, and even your podcast are going to be really great resources. So take a moment to kind of fill in if people are wanting to learn more about this, just give us a little overview of what they could be following or tuning into and, and how to learn more about cap show. Yes, definitely. Um, Come and listen to my podcast. It's called Grow My Podcast Show. It's all about growing (laughs) the podcast. (laughs) Um, You can follow me on all the socials. I'm Deidre Shen um, everywhere. And on Instagram, we have a page just for Cap Show as well. So that's Cap Show HQ. Um, Otherwise, come and check us out at capshow.com. Uh, you'll be able to sign up for a free free trial, test it out, and hopefully you love it and want to be in our community and with us forever. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, I'll put all of those links down below into the show notes so you can easily go find her. And if you do reach out to Deidre, make sure to let her know you found her through your Routine Queen podcast. I just love to always connect the little breadcrumbs of how people are finding me. And I know that other experts that I bring on love being like, oh my gosh, that was such a fun episode. Let me talk to you about it. So yes. definitely reach out, say hello. She is not scary, even though she is in software and technology. <laughs> she is super approachable, has amazing stories. And thank you so much for being here on this episode to help to shed some light for all of my future or current podcasters getting their word out there more and more. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It really means a lot to me to have you part of this community. Make sure to tune in every Tuesday and subscribe to your Routine Queen podcast wherever you typically listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Remember, routines and rituals are your friend and part of the path to the next level version of you that is already calling in the business and life that you desire and deserve. See you on the next one.